It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you, with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations, so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to the Transfer Tracker Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Today, I'd like to talk about sleepers. These are guys that have had success in their careers, massive success in many cases, but they, for whatever reason, aren't being talked about much at all at this point, kind of forgotten. And I think it's their value is at the lowest it's probably ever been. So these are the kind of guys I think you should target. If you if you want a high upside guy that has, what's that old saying I, I, I preach? If you show me your ceiling, I'm going to believe that. You know, you might have a low floor in some cases and really, you know, crap the bed the next year. But you showed me what you can do. And I, I think that's – that's way better than a guy that's just been kind of mediocre. I can, I, I, I would bank on that up kind of upside. You know, we're, everyone's always looking for the upside. Well, if you have a guy that, you know, has had like a, a 15, 16 point per game season at 20 PR with, you know, 5.55 true shooting plus, and he's done that, you know, we don't have to wonder. We don't have to wonder, can he ever do it? whenever they've already done it in many cases. Whereas a lot of these, you know, rankings and, and offer sheets, they go to guys that maybe are on their way up, but they might never realize that potential. And these are guys that, like I said, they have already shown that they can have these type awesome seasons. And most of them are within the last year. I mean, there's one guy, 2020, had a season like this, but he set out, you know, the next year. So it's hard to hold that against him. But many of these guys basically are, are guys that had bad seasons this past season, and their value is low right now. At least I perceive their value is low because, because I don't see anyone talking about them. I don't see them in rankings. And in general, I, I, I do think these guys – because it's a it's a lot of recency bias in, in things and they didn't have good seasons last year. I think they'll kinda of get get overlooked at this point. And these are the exact kind of guys I will be targeting, especially if I was a mid majors. They would be like near near you know, near the top of my list because I think if you just were going on their two thousand twenty one season in many cases, you would have them in the top 40 or or 30 even i mean there's in fact there's there's a couple of guys i have on my first tier which is basically top 15 players and then no one else is talking about it at all not even in their top 40 50 you know and i, I can't it's it's hard to it's hard to for me to wrap my mind around it at some points and maybe the coaches are you know smart and they're they're going after these guys but they're they're guys that have approved have proven it and a couple of them on, on the first tier, they weren't even, you know, that crappy last year. I mean, they they were still solid, you know, starter level players, and they have it. They've proven it, and you don't have to wonder can they ever do it. You know, uh, some former four star guy that had like a 
averaged three points a game and was inefficient. Oh, yeah, but he was a four-star. Let me bank on that, you know, him realizing that. No, nah, I, I would much rather have, you know, an Isaiah Moore from uh, from Southern Miss, even though he played on a craptastic team last year. Whenever he was at St. John's in 2021, he was, he was badass. And until he looks absolutely so awful that you can't have him anywhere where near like a top 50 list so anyway let's just talk about isaiah mora he played at southern miss last year he's six foot ten 205 got the size it's nothing about the physical attributes and i've not seen this guy ranked anywhere top 50 nothing and this season he averaged 13 points a game seven rebounds he shot. He had 22 per. Uh, actually, made some three pointers. Shot 31 percent from three. That was he added that to his game. In fact, um, 0.593 true shooting this year. That's all in conference USA. And even on the surface of that, that's that's pretty pretty good, I think. And the problem was his team was like 330 net or something. They were awful. And I don't really think you can blame that on him. He was doing pretty well you know he was doing his job but let's look what he did at uh st john's the year before he averaged 9.2 points 4.8 rebounds uh 0.7 blocks a game this was versus the 65th strength of schedule and his team was ranked 67th you know in the net i don't know if i think they did go to the nit and he had a 101 defensive rating, totally solid, 26 PER in the Big East. 26 PER, 0.26 replacement adjusted, uh, 0.624 true shooting. So this guy was awesome. And and you know, I don't I don't get it. I don't <laughs> he, he he wasn't that bad this year. He was awesome when he was in the Big East. This is a guy that I think could go back to the Big East and do the same thing again. So he's gotta be high. And I don't see him ranked anywhere. Um, maybe coaches are still recruiting him, but if I was a, a mid-major coach or even a, a P5 coach, that I, he would be like on my list for sure. Another like completely obvious guy, see no one talking about this year, that will be on my first tier top 15 players without a doubt, Kadarius Wahab from Maryland. 6'11", 230, 7-pound uh, center, averaging 7.7 .7 points, 6 rebounds, uh, 19.7 PER. His true shooting was .586 this year. Totally solid this year. In the minutes he played, he was totally solid. What you would expect. And last year, uh, 2021, he played at George uh, Georgetown. Averaged 12.7 points, 8.2 rebounds, 1.6 blocks versus the 18th strength of schedule in the country that year. Had a 22 PER. Uh, .621 true shooting, a 99 defensive rating, and played on the, the 52nd best team. I think they went to the NCAA tournament. I mean, totally, this is like, if that if that was this year, he would be like top 10 for sure, you would think. Uh, at least I would. Like, how could you not put him on the top 10? But I don't see him anywhere. But he is definitely uh, someone that I would be like going full blast at because he didn't even have a bad year this past year he just didn't play as many minutes and as big a role and the coach got fired and you know it's kind of weird anyway but yeah not heard much about him certainly a top a first tier guy for me okay we'll talk about a guy on my second tier 
named Ryan Young. I've not heard about, not seen him ranked anywhere, heard anything about him. He is six foot ten, two forty five. Plays in the Big Ten for North, Northwestern, and he's had three very good seasons. Not amazing, but very good. This year, he averaged nine points, four point two rebounds. His freshman year, he averaged nine point six point one rebounds, but twenty three per this year. Point five nine three true shooting. Uh, career twenty point seven. Uh, PER .59 true shooting. This is all in the Big Ten, and he's played lots of minutes. Let's see what his career average in minutes is. Twenty-one uh, minutes essentially, and this year he was playing like seventeen. He's played a high of twenty-six, but totally quality, uh, low-end starter rotation player. Very productive. His defensive rating is decent. I think it was like a one hundred yeah one hundred one point six career one hundred two. I mean. This is a guy that's just productive. You don't have to wonder can can he do it in a major conference. He's done it on, on a team that is not you know not even that great a team. But I think in some cases I always say you know like if you're doing it on a team that's not good, that's not ideal. But also they're looking they're other teams are game planning for you as well you know if you're one of the most productive players that can hurt them they're like they're trying to stop you so if this guy goes to like an actual good team what can he do i think he'll be better i think he'd be more efficient actually so he's he's someone i haven't heard anyone really talk about or much mentioned about him but i mean he he's done it in a major conference in a big way okay those were probably the most egregious now we're down to the third tier this is where you start to expect more sleepers to be and the first one i want to talk about is david jenkins he's uh played at utah this season he's had quite a a a winding career he's been at uh, south dakota state unlv utah and his best season in my opinion was utah he averaged 15 points per game, 2.4 rebounds. Uh, this is against the 125th best strength of schedule, 16 PER, 0.533 true shooting. But he's a career 41.3% three-point shooter. 2.3 makes per game for his career. This is a guy that has a a skill that's rock solid. This is four years of action. He has made 2.3 threes a game. Point four one three true shooting. He made well, um, made his shots well, and and at UNLV I believe as well. Let's look. Let's look what he did this past season. It was a down year for him, and I, I'll do that uh, air quotes. You know, you can't see them, but I'm doing them. Eight point five points per game. Shot thirty nine point six percent from three. Fourteen per. That's in the Pac twelve. So last year he's playing 19 minutes a game. He did what you would expect this guy to do. He he has his skill. He's a three point shooter. He's going to make three point shots. Last year at UNLV he he made 2.7 threes a game, 41 percent. And then uh, he set out a year before that. He was at South Dakota State, quality program that they dominate in the conference they were at. 3.53 make 3.53s made per game. Point four five three percent, and he averaged nineteen point seven points per game. And what has he done to discredit it? I, I don't see anything he's done to discredit it. He was he he was a he was a rotation player, like a role player at uh, Utah. But he he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And it, when at UNLV, 
They're in a solid conference, Mountain West Conference, very solid conference, 15 points per game on on great true on great true shooting. Let's just look at his uh, PERs and true shooting. It wasn't great that year. It was .533 true shooting at UNLV, 16 PER, 14 PER this year at Utah, .577 true shooting. So he got more efficient as his usage and role went down, which you would expect. South Dakota State, .614 true shooting, 18.5 PER. Totally good, though. But, I mean, think, this guy, you know what you're getting with this guy. Like a lot of guys, you you know, they're all over the place with their shooting, their efficiency. I like this guy. I would I would totally recruit this guy if I was, you know, even a uh, – well, certainly a, a P5 player. If I, if I, you know, get him as a role player. But this is a guy that could go star on, on many, many teams – Outside the P6, I think for sure. And no no one's talking about him because he averaged eight points a game on Utah, which <laughs> he does nothing to discredit. Averaging 20, he, he's like a 20-point-per-game guy, you know, at South Dakota State that was a, a great team that year. I'm sure they, they win all the time and, and go to the NCAAs from, from that Summit League, I think it is. So, yeah, like he did nothing to discredit that. And I don't hear much about him, but – I'd certainly target him. Okay, staying on the third tier, and we will go to Noah Locke from Louisville. And he was a top 100 player out of high school. He's had a a pretty cool career, good career, very solid career, 38.7% three-point shooter. You know what you're getting with this guy. And he had a bit of a down year this year. He shot 34%. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, so terrible. 10.5 PR. Not not ideal, but he averaged 9.6 points per game, 2.3 rebounds at Louisville this year. The year before, he averaged 10.6 rebounds. I'm sorry, 10 points. Well, that would be impressive. 10.6 points per game, 2.4 rebounds at uh, Florida, and he shot 40.4%. And the year before that, he averaged 10.6 and shot 43%. From three, and these are 2.5, 2.3, 2.1 makes. I mean, he he makes 2.3 uh, threes a game for his career, and the, yeah, he was a little down this year, 34 percent, but he's a career 39 percent three point shooter, and he shot well over 40 percent, like 41, 42 percent at Florida his last two seasons. This is a guy I would I would. Definitely target. I mean, a little bit down this year. No one's talking about him, but he's a career thirty-nine percent. You know, this is a guy. He has the 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 one uh, skill that you can count on pretty much. I mean, maybe not last year, but they also fired their coach. They had turmoil. You know, you can and it was a new new see a new coach in as well. So that I think it all adds up to like you go get this guy. This next guy I also have on my third tier, but I will admit with this one, I don't know what to make of him because his ceiling is really high, but his floor is kind of low too. So just you keep that in mind if you're a coach. But this is one I would I would try to get. Like nonetheless, you 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 know he's done it before, so he can do it. You don't have to wonder can he do it. He has done it. Let's just talk about his big season. 14.1 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, 2.7 uh, assists. Sorry, I'm scrolling down. 
17.5 PER. He played at Washington. This is all at Washington State. Pac-12, major conference. 17.5 PER, .528 true shooting. So, 14 points a game. And this is what's crazy. He, sh- he hit 1.7 three-pointers a game at 38 37.9%. 80.80% uh, free throw shooter as well makes it believable, right? But he's a career 30% 30.7% guy. 30% essentially on 0.9 makes per game. So was that the fluke? Yeah, it was a fluke in his career. He came back he shot 26% this year and averaged 9.5 points per game. And let's see what his PR, 11.6 PR. So I guess he was, well, he still had a high usage. But I, I don't know here. I mean, Washington State, this is a guy that has averaged 14 points per game, 17.5 PR, hit 38% of his threes, making nearly two a game. I'm going to believe in that, you know. And he's got good size, six foot five, just like you would want. So, yeah, this, this is a guy – He's all over the place, but like I say, he he has shown the he has shown what he can do. Let's see what he did. Seventy four strength of schedule. He did this. It wasn't like a super strong strength of schedule by P five standards, but it's P five, and then this seventy four best strength of schedule out of two hundred and fifty eight. So that's very good. And he played on the the number seventy second ranked team. So this is a good solid team as well. I, I I just think he's a sleeper. I think you go try to get this guy, especially when he's shown he can hit that kind of three-point percentages. Fluke or not, it's possible, you know. And if you if you don't get it, you just kind of bench him and, and then he transfers somewhere else. Moving on to the fourth tier. And this guy's already committed, so we won't talk about him quite as much probably. Victor Bailey. He came from Tennessee. He Barely played last year, but the year before he played often on a, a, a top five seed Tennessee team. He averaged 11 points per game, two rebounds versus the 55th strength of schedule, 15.6 PER, 0.542 true shooting, uh, shot 34% from three, 1.7 made. He's kind of like a three and D type guy. I think it's totally a great pickup for for George Mason. Six foot four, one seventy. Got the size. He he started his career at Oregon, which he played there a lot as well. Played twenty minutes a game, averaged seven points per game. Shot nearly thirty nine point eight percent, almost forty percent as a freshman. Also thirty six point four percent from three, six point seven you know uh, points per game. So yeah, this guy he's he's proven it in the Pac-12, the Big 12 for 3 seasons. 14 PR, 14.5 PR, 15.5 PR, 15.6 PR. Well, he didn't play this year. It's like he was consistently 15 PR, 0.55 true shooting, shooting for 3 seasons in the Pac-12 and, and SEC and this year he was 8.2 PR, 0.416 true shooting. And he had his role taken away. Probably deserved it. I mean, he wasn't playing well, but only averaged 2.6 points per game in 9.6 minutes. So this is a guy that people were, you know, they, he wasn't on the radar anymore. He just hadn't played. And when he played, he was kind of shit. 21% three-point shooting. But do you believe that? Do you believe this? that is one year, one year where he was playing – 
10 minutes a game, played 328 total minutes? Or do you believe the seasons where he played like the year before he played 25 minutes a game and averaged 11 points per game, shot 34% on a a top, you know, I think they're five seed, whatever they were, top 30 team. I mean, they were good, very solid. And he was a, a big part of their defense. Totally solid on three as well. Over three proven seasons. I believe in this guy. I think that's a great gift for, for George Mason. Next up, Marcus Williams, a six foot two guard from Texas A&M, where he was not that good this year. He played, uh, let's see, 24 minutes a game, averaged eight points per game, 3.4 assists. That actually doesn't look that bad, but he had a 9.6 PER. Let's see what his true shooting was. 0.443. Yeah, that's pretty pretty crap. But last year, he had an 18.3 PER and a .552 true shooting. This is for Wyoming. He transferred. He averaged 15 points a game, 4.3 assists. Yeah, so he 15 points a game, 4.3 assists, 18 PER, .55 true shooting in the Mountain West Conference for a decent Wyoming team. Let's see what the strength of schedule was. 140 strength of schedule. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a Power 5 conference, but pretty solid. Yeah, he's a career 30.8% three-point shooter on 1.3 makes a game. Uh, let's see what he did in his best season. His best season was 33%, 1.4. So, he's, you know, the guys that are not efficient from three, he's a career 68 percent free throw shooter i believe less than that that because paint me more skeptical when you we don't we don't make three uh, free throws and your three-point shooting is all over the map or in this case kind of bad i have more skepticism but nonetheless this is a guy that has been very productive in a quality conference mountain west conference is a quality conference nonetheless he's not playing like 250 strength of schedules he's was playing like 140, I think we said. So yeah, like this is still a guy. He's I got him the very last guy on my fourth tier. So he was getting close to getting squeezed out. But I think when you've done it like that in a totally solid conference, I I got to put you on the fourth tier. And then maybe there'll be some more people that players that come on to the transfer portal that push him back to the fifth tier. But. Right now, he's where he deserves to be, I think. Okay, moving on down to Antoine Walker. I, and I don't think anyone's, like, dissing this guy, but I don't think anyone has talked about this guy either, and I don't really get it. He's committed to Bryant, so automatically you say Bryant University, like, low major. Good job. Bravo, Bryant University. I think you got a great one, by the way, uh, relative to – your status <laughs> okay Antoine Walker not that Antoine Walker you probably remember but six foot seven 230 played at Rhode Island Rhode Island he was not as good this year he was still solid but we're talking about 2021 he was very good 9.1 points per game 6.5 rebounds versus the 81 strength of schedule 20.8 per point Six two five true shooting, and he's in his career he has made about thirty four percent of his three point shooting shots, so he can step out as well. Let's uh, just see what he did this year. Yeah, seven point five points, four point seven rebounds, 
uh, 56% from the floor, and that's making 40% from three, not on high volume, 6.6 a game. Yeah, I mean, he was totally solid this year and not as, not quite as good. 18 PER, 0.61 true shooting. So he doesn't he didn't do anything to discredit it the other year, and he was pretty solid this year. They weren't a good team or anything, but – that's a that's a that's a damn good get for Bryant, and I I've, I think I talked about that on the last episode, but yeah, I like that I like that pickup a lot for them. I would like it for a, a P five program. I think he could move up and and be productive. You know, role player, totally solid. So yeah, sleeper, good get for them. Okay, so now we are into the deep sleepers, and pretty much the guy that there was two guys that inspired this episode from Indiana whenever I was doing my research and I came across both of them. The first one is Parker Stewart. And he's had quite a weird career. I mean, he's six foot five, two ten, got a good size. He's at Indiana this year. Uh, he he started his career at Pitt back in two thousand eighteen. He was at UT Martin. Did not play in 2021, and then this year he's at Indiana. Let's just go through what he did at Indiana. 6.2 points per game, uh, playing 25 minutes a game, so he was not very productive, but he did shoot 39% from three, and he made 1.6 a game. That's that's totally good on the face of it, but his PER was shit, 7.7. So, I mean, he was just so low usage, not doing anything. But this is a guy that you could probably ramp it up. Even the the true shooting was .527. Okay, so he didn't play. So he played a, a he played a lot of minutes, but he didn't. He had a, uh, let's see what his usage, 14%. Yeah, so he was, he just wasn't doing anything. But if you go back, if you he didn't play last year. 2020 played at UT Martin and he had a 19 PER 0.55 true shooting essentially averaged 19.2 points per game 4.6 rebounds 3.8 assist totally solid I mean he was a big time player that year 19.2 points 4.6 rebounds 3.8 assist and he made 2.8 threes a game at 35% Okay, so what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe this year, or are you going to believe he was a big-time mid-major player? Okay, so he also has a season where he played at Pittsburgh, and he averaged 9.1 points per game as a freshman, 3.3 rebounds, shot 39% from three on 2.3 makes a game. It's a guy that, like, if I knew nothing else about him, I would go back and say, hey, he played at Pittsburgh, he made 9.1 points per game, or or and then made 2.23s at 39%, 80% free throw shooter that year. That's pretty awesome. I, I believe that. You showed me that. I believe that. He backed it up. He went to a mid-major school, averaged nearly 20 points a game. Uh, hit his, he got to the free throw line well that year. Uh, four, four makes a game, essentially, at 77%. This year he shot poor from the free throw line, sixty four percent. So which do you believe? I believe that I believe this guy's a good free throw shooter. I, th- I believe he's an awesome three point shooter. He's a career two point one makes a game at thirty seven point three percent. So yeah, this is a guy that the I don't think many teams will target. I, I just think he's kind of forgotten at this point. He he went to Indiana, he played a lot, but he just kind of stood in the corner and made threes whenever they passed it to him. 
and I, I don't really understand this one. I, I'm going to do some more research on on this because this is a weird case. This is one that out of expected him to have a bigger year, but he did sit out a year, and maybe he didn't improve or got worse. But this is a guy that has it in his resume. He's done it before, and at 13.7 per .562 true shooting at Pittsburgh as a freshman five years ago. This, you know, he's he's been around. This is a guy. He comes in. He's older. You you would think maybe he kicked the rust off at Indiana last year with a seven per low usage, and and now he'd be he'll hopefully would be ready to rock and roll. I I would I would say this guy is the sleeper of all sleepers in this class. I would definitely take a chance on him if I was a mid major coach or even a P five coach that. You know, I wouldn't make him super high priority, but he would definitely be on the take list as a lottery ticket. Okay, let's talk about his teammate also at Indiana. Uh, apparently, this is where you go to, like, kill your career or, or slump or, or whatever. Michael Durr, he's a seven foot, 250-pound guy. Uh, he played at South Florida before that. So let's just look what he did at Indiana. He played 30 games, 7.1 minutes per game, 1.5 points per game, 7 PER also, 38% from the field. So he played he didn't play he played very poorly. But he he did play at South uh, Florida before that. Had a 18 PER, 0.50 true shooting essentially. And let's see, 8.8 points per game, 7.9 rebounds. Blocked about a shot a game. He had one year where he was playing, uh, let's see, how many minutes? 24 minutes per game. He had a 96 net, uh, sorry, 96 defensive rating. So he's got things in his career that you look at and you say, man, this guy can be like an 8 and 8, 8, 9 and 8 type uh, points per game guy. He can defend pretty well and he's seven foot 250 so if you're in the market for one of those guys he's certainly a guy like a low-end value sleeper type guy you i think you need to target this i mean he's a guy that and he did it versus like a, a 90 strength of schedule that last year at south florida they had a 90 strength of schedule american conference is a totally solid conference so yeah, I th- he didn't he didn't play on good teams, but he was asked to like try to score a little bit and do things. But this is a guy if you if you want just a big guy that can take up space and and defend a, a little bit and get rebounds and and just be solid. He he's a guy like a lot of guys. You you see a lot of these seven footers they can't walk and chew gum, which he didn't appear to be able to do that himself last year at Indiana. But he was only playing seven minutes a game, small, simple size. I look back to the year before, and I just I know this guy's older, and he's got two or three proven seasons like that at South Florida in a pretty solid conference. I think he's a, a total sleeper. You you go out, you get this. He's a low-end guy, but you, you try to target him, especially if you're a mid-major, in my opinion. And it is, it is a lot. It's very subjective. It's a, it is the eye of the beholder. But I choose to look at situations like that and say, hey, these guys did it. These guys have seasons that I still believe in. And I don't see anyone anyone else talking about 
most of these guys. You won't find them mostly on ranking lists. You won't see them, people talking about them on, I assume, Twitter and whatever. I mean, they're just kind of like out of sight, out of mind. They had one down season. But they've shown me the ceiling. I believe the ceiling until you really do it multiple years and you don't have – I mean, I'm talking about you have to play like large amounts of minutes and, and high usage and then you just fall flat on your face. Until you do that, I will probably believe it unless you have like a Achilles injury or something as well. Even those are getting better these days. Look at Kevin Durant. You can come back from that. So anyway, guys, I just wanted to go over I, – when I made my tiers list, I – I saw all these guys no one was talking about, and I I just felt like I was ranking them like top 10, top 15, and I've not seen anything about it. But they're sleepers. I guess they're sleepers. I don't know why they're sleepers, but I guess they're sleepers. And then, obviously, some of these guys are, are legit sleepers, deep sleepers even, that have some stuff that doesn't look so good, but you can – I could talk myself into that if I was a – a coach, especially from a mid-major, these will be the the uh, high priority targets, and I would just be telling these guys, "Hey, look, you come here, you got to roll. You're gonna have the the opportunity to to do this, regardless. And you go to Indiana, you might not. You might you might sit on the bench, or you might play 24 minutes a game and barely get to shoot the ball or touch it. So that would be the pitch, and kind of a fun episode i enjoyed it i enjoyed making these tears and and stuff like this kind of gets exposed and and shows itself and i'll put it out there maybe you agree with it thanks for being with me guys later out at vanguard this is more than just a retirement plan this is your cappuccino date in italy the beach house with the matching bicycles it's your rental car down memory lane and weekends reuniting with friends from over the years This is the future you imagined, and Vanguard is here to help you build it. Because at Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.